Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough. How you doing, Bren? I mean, it's a new year, and it's... I'm not gonna not... say good. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, it's not any better than 2020 yeah. quite yet. It's, uh, honestly... I saw a meme where worse. it was uh, Joaquin Phoenix as a Joker, and he was labeled as 2020, and then next to him was Pennywise, labeled as 2021. <laughs> it's like the year showing the the old year showing the new year around. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that seems pretty accurate. It doesn't just magically disappear with the clocks resetting. It's just escalation after escalation. Which which is more reason for me to dive into my video games and escape the reality. Yeah, <laughs> it's not maybe healthy or normal, but that's how we you know, deal with it, Brent. <laughs> you know, I was talking talking to someone, and it's like, you know what? If we're relapsing into old, like I a friend who's big into fan fiction, and she's just going back revisiting you know Attack on Titan again and revisiting old classics from God, teenagers years. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just like hey. If we need just nostalgia to escape for a little while, I think if anything, now's the time. Like, no, yeah, kidding. go ahead, go back and revisit that shit that only you liked as a teenager, or you know, isn't anything new. It's just something that's comforting. Yeah, fucking, now's the time for sure. And I feel like I don't know. We just love video games here, and I actually have video games to talk about this week, which is a surprise. Uh, but yeah, for anybody yeah, who's yeah. new, which is very rare, but please tell your friends about the show. Uh, <laughs> this is a video game podcast. It's kind of a running joke, too, because half the time we just talk about whatever the hell we want. But mainly, we try to talk games. Uh, Brent, have you been playing much since the last time I talked to you? Surprisingly, yes. I've also got a fair bit of games. All right, in. we're on the same wavelength. Let's go. <laughs> uh, not... The most new stuff, though. I've gotten a bit of games in, but not not the most new. Um, I think I've kind of plateaued with Don't Starve uh, together. Yeah, that's it, reasonable. Like I said, where it's like, it is fun, especially with a group. Um, that's not a hard selling point, because literally watching paint dry is fun with friends. Um, but it's that plateau of like, I die, I restart, I do the same 20 hours worth of gameplay over again, and then I get to like winter, and that's when like the new challenges happen. Yeah. And then it's like, well, if, you know, Something blindsides me in winter and I die, I have to just start over again, and that's another 20 hours of redoing the same shit I've already done. Like, so it is fun, but solo play really is an uphill battle. <laughs> it's it sucks you can't just start at a certain point, like already past 20 days or the 21 days marker. Yeah. Um, so I do enjoy it. It is a very great game. It's still they still updated stuff. I think last episode I said they did an update and reworked all of the farm stuff and Don't Starve Together. The whole farming mechanics they reworked. So yeah. it's I think Don't Starve came out seven years ago. I think Don't Starve Together came out like three or four years ago. Um, so it's cool to see that it's still got continuous players and it's still being updated. Like and it's not just little cosmetic stuff. Like it's a it was a big overhaul to redo the farm mechanics. So. Uh, it's cool seeing them still update it. Definitely. Uh, so it is a great game, and it's great with friends. But yeah, it's it's definitely rough, because this is... Um, Hades is a roguelike, where you die, you upgrade your skills progressively with each run, and then those skills carry over. So like upgrades you make to the weapons will carry over between runs. So uh, you get incremental progress. Don't Starve and Don't Starve Together is a roguelite. No, Hades is a roguelite. Because it's a light version of a rogue game. And then Don't Starve and Don't Starve Together is a rogue-like because it's like a rogue game where it's brand new every single run. You start yes. square one every single time. And that's 
I'm realizing the difference, <laughs> the real difference with those games, and that I enjoy Rogue Lights a lot more. Uh, the naming convention for both those genres is still atrocious and confusing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but it is nice to have incremental progress versus starting at square one every single time. Yeah, that's the more brutal route. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of why I got dissuaded from the survival crafting games that flooded Steam a while ago, uh, so many years ago. Yeah. Because uh, they're all like that. Uh, besides that, playing uh, Grindstone still on the Switch. Uh, turns out it's not 150 levels. Turns out it's like 200 levels. Because I got past oh, really? 150 and it's, there's still more. I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Nice. Yeah, it's still great because it's still fun to play. It's one of those games like Hades and like all the other ones where it's like, once you find out the uh, the items that work for you, like you get different gear you can have uh, for levels. So you get two like equipment things and then like a special item. Once you find the ones that work for you, those are the ones you stick with. So resource-wise, I have like five of this resource because I keep using it to rebake my items. And then I have like a thousand of this other resource because I never use the damn thing. <laughs> so uh, it would be great if there was some sort of exchange system where I could trade it in, even at like a lower value. Like if I'm you know at a deficit trading it in, just having that option there because... Oh, totally. I keep getting these resources I never use. I'm just like, this, this, is, not, this is useless to me because I don't use that you know, specific weapon that uses that resource. So, um, it's still fun. It's definitely, um, I remember I was saying like, once you kind of get the groove of it, once you start seeing the patterns, it flows really easily and the levels aren't that challenging. Uh, it escalates quite a bit at like the 150 marker. I'd say even like the one twenties and 30 levels. So it's like a grid map, like Bejewel and those match three games. Yeah. At a certain point, you have to push a platform or a pillar. You have to push a pillar onto a platform. So you have to kill five enemies and get your counter up to at least number five. And then push the uh, pillar onto the platform. And you have to do that, like, incrementally. And it gets, with the limited space and being reliant on the random luck of what the color of the enemies will be when they spawn, it gets real tough real quick and, like, then they add like lava and moving platforms and poison and spikes and like trap doors and like you have to use the trap doors but you can't end your turn on top of a trap door or you'll die like it gets pretty challenging pretty quick uh once you get past like the 100 level mark um still great still real fun like great art style stuff i did start listening to the music now that you pointed that out <laughs> nice what did you think it's great i mean like everything about the game is great so i, I highly recommend it i think it was like 20 bucks on switch maybe less than that and then the yeah, nice. apple uh arcade um i believe those are the only two it's on right now but um it's great for the switch it's a great mobile game um if you're going anywhere ever in the you know anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> right uh what else i bought uh control Oh, you're playing this game? I've been meaning to get around to this for the longest time. It looks so cool. Uh what are you playing it on? Uh, I got it for PC because it was the uh, Steam Winter Sale, so it was like 15, 17 bucks or something, so it was under 20, so I'm just like, I hear nothing but great things about this game. Yes. Uh, apparently, this is the like deluxe version where it's got all the bonus, DLC, whatever stuff included. Hell yeah. So I'm just like, fuck it, this, it's supposed to be great. I've seen gameplay where there's a lot of telekinesis in it, Yeah. and apparently this is like the best telekinesis mechanics in any game ever. And I'm just like, I'm down for that. I'm yeah, curious that's to see very attractive. Yeah. Um, so I haven't played it yet, but I did buy it. So that's probably going to be my next, like... Future update. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, my next, next game. 
Um, I've also been itching to get uh, to play Devil May Cry 5 because I haven't, but I haven't played it yet. Okay. And I was like, oh, I should get around to just playing that and like get that off my list because I've never played any of the Devil May Cry's, but I hear this one's also fantastic. I was just about to ask you that because my only experience with that franchise is the fourth game and I didn't even get that far. I don't even remember. I gave up very early on. <laughs> my only experience is being at a friend's house and watching another friend play it for like three hours and be like, I don't know what the fuck's happening right now. Right. So exactly. Uh, I just know like Dante from like, you know, Soul Calibur and all the other games, you know, people referencing it and stuff, but I know oh, yeah. nothing about the story or anything that's happening and I'm jumping in at the fifth one. So I'm not expecting anything plot-wise to blow me away, because I know none of these characters, but it's also a game that apparently has, you know, people have only raved about and talked about, like so highly of it when it came out originally. So I'm just like, eh, screw it. You know, that's also under 20. It's pretty cheap. So I'm like, oh, let me just get that. Totally. So that and Control are on my list of to play. And I looked it up. Apparently both of them can be beaten in like 15 hours, which blew me away, because they both seem pretty like extensive yeah wow that's surprising i thought for some reason uh control would be a longer game but that's still pretty substantial story like a main story well i think it's like under 15 hours if you know exactly what to do and can do it perfectly <laughs> sure. on a first can, uh devil may cry is definitely uh like the bayonetta like exaggerated shooter over the top fighting uh games so yeah. it's gonna be one of those like you gotta get good you have to be skilled enough at this combat mechanic uh, mechanics to fight the bosses because it'll challenge you hard um and i know with devil may cry 5 you play as three different characters and each have their own unique play style like one of them uses like summoning summons like demon animals to fight with them and stuff and it's very unique compared to dante's oh shit so those are like you have to get used to that and stuff so i'm sure i could blow through the story of that and i'm sure there's not like a i'm sure it's not an rpg where there's a bunch of branching paths and like side quests and stuff if I just blew through it, you could do it at 15 hours, but I don't think I'm nearly that good. Yeah. And control seems to be a lot of puzzles. So it's like, if you know the puzzles, you can get through it in like 15 hours. But it's like, I'm a dummy. So that's going to yeah, take me like same. 50 hours. Oh, I hear that. There, I've, I've seen a little bit of gameplay of them. And just seeing some of the puzzles in that is a lot of trial and error. It's real obtuse. Like, it's like David, not, not David Lynch, but like, well, David Lynch. Yeah, he did Twin Peaks. So it's like kind of just like that real surrealism, like yeah. It, on the surface, it just kind of looks like a you know pseudo sci-fi shooter game with like a weird element to it. But like, there's like a weird creepy puppet show that runs through it, like that is like it parallels the actual story and stuff. It's apparently real trippy and weird. So uh, I'm looking forward to just see where that goes. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if both games end up taking me over thirty hours, like despite. You know, the online saying, like, oh, you can breeze through this pretty quick. For sure. With side missions and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because both, yeah, both of them don't seem like they have, like, side quests, like, you know, a la Breath of the Wild or, like, Horizon Zero Dawn or Witcher stuff. But it seems like there's, like, collectibles. So, like, the main main story is, like, under 15 hours, but it's, like, the completionist collectible one is, like, 45 hours or something. Like, it's, like, triple the length. Yeah. Uh, I'm never a hundred. I'm never someone who a hundred percent's that, but I'll definitely like go out of my way for like a new costume or something if it looks cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and the last game I'm playing, uh, Streets of Rage Four. No way! You're playing a fighting game. Well, 
technically it's like the side-scrolling fighting games of the days of old streets Um, of rage yeah i'm like for some reason i was thinking it was more like yeah i was confused like a fatal fury or something yeah yeah no streets of rage um i got it again on the sale i think it was like actually i think i might have paid full price for this one but you know what i'm fine with that because uh i love streets of rage 2 on the sega sega genesis yeah i had it on and yeah i Love that one. It was so unforgivably hard. Like it, that that's one of the games where it's like, I don't know if game developers were aware of how to make good games or if it was just like they expected that game to last you forever because it was just so challenging. Yeah, it's like it was designed for an arcade. They they want you to spend yeah. your money on it and like die a lot and keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if it ever was in an arcade, but yeah, it was definitely one of those side scrolling beating them up games and yeah it was just a quarter eater it would just take your entire month allowance just yes. to get past the second stage and true to form streets of rage 4 is pretty similar um it's we've talked about it before because i've talked about it when it came out um you don't see the genre games of the size growing beat em ups like turtles in time or you know the avengers games and stuff battle like toads battle yeah. toads you don't see many of those anymore just that genre kind of died out and replaying this i kind of remember why it's yeah that makes brutal. sense it is fun for like the nostalgia i would be surprised if anyone came to this new and played it for the first time and got hooked to it yeah um entirely possible though but yeah so streets of rage 4 um music fantastic like awesome new music and then in the options there's an old music mode so you can just have the old like sega music playing oh in the that's awesome so yeah. like that's a great touch uh classic size growing beat up game you got different food so you got like health or you got food that restores your health so you know you got the small amount of health and then you got the big amount of health so in streets uh, streets of rage 4 what i knew you got an apple for like the small health and then like a full roasted chicken you can change that food so like you can have those what? or you can have like a little thing of fries and then a big burger or you can have like I love uh, it. A little soda and a full pizza. And then there's like, uh, it was like a small salad and then like a big thing of tofu. So I'm like, there's even <laughs> vegetarian options, which is, damn. it was weird, but I also appreciate they thought it like, I don't think anyone would be like, I can't play this game. They show meat products in there. I, you know, I have to abstain because I'm a strict vegetarian. But I, th- I think it's great that they thought of that. We're like, hey, fuck it. Why not? Just like th- there's like eight different versions of food you can have, uh, and you can pick whichever ones you want, and it's it's just a really nice touch. It's really yeah, silly, cute. but it's great. Yeah. Like attention to detail. You can tell they care about their fans. Yeah, I mean this this is nothing more than just. I mean it's, it's a gr- it's a great game by itself, but this is just truly like a big love letter to the Streets of Rage franchise right. and the Sasquatch because it is like I said, this is for the nostalgia of people who played the old ones. I can't expect new people are coming to it. Because, like, if you come to it now, you're like, what the hell is happening? Why is this old bearded guy wearing a denim jacket or denim vest without the sleeves on and then has, like, a sweatshirt tied around his waist? It's like, he looks insane. It's like, yeah, but that's Axel. He's he's in all of them. Like, and it's just, he's like a 45-year-old dude now <laughs> and just beating the shit out of people in the street. Um, So it's, you get Axel and you got Blaze, who are the two main characters in all of them. And then you got two more characters who seem to swap out between the games. I've only played two, so I don't know the full lore or story. Um, but you get Cherry, who's like a guitarist, like, you know, punk rock. Uh, she swings around her guitar as a weapon. And then you get 
God, I don't even remember the other guy. Sam? Let's call him Sam. Does not matter. I never played as him because he's so big and slow. It was really tough to like fight with him. Yeah. Um, Cherry's good. Uh, the combat's real simple. It's just like punch. It's like attack, special attack, and then like jump. And then, you know, in combination with the movement keys, you can do little combos here and there. But that's about it. So it's real simplistic. You don't even have a block option, which is very, very, very hard in fights. Because the only way to avoid damage is by just walking around it. And the movement's tough on a side-scrolling linear beat-em-up game. Like, you're not oh, quick. Oh, yeah. Um, you can dash, but Cherry, the one with the guitar, is the only one that actually dashes. Everyone else just walks slightly faster. Except for Sam, the big guy, who doesn't move any faster at all. So it's hard to tell if he's even doing the dash, you know, attack or not. Right. Um, and with Cherry, her dash attack is she runs, jumps, like, uh, and knees the person in the face. So she's able to jump and avoid people below her and then attack, like, multiple times with that knee. It, do- it hits them multiple times and not just once. That is the only way I beat that game, is by playing as her and, like, kind of cheesing that mechanic of the run and jump attack that hits multiple times. Every yeah. everyone else I could not get past like maybe the third level with because I tried all the characters and she's the only one I was actually doing decent with because like she's the only one who was quick enough to actually avoid attacks everyone else would just get hit and you would just be bodied into a corner and just die damn so it is I feel like I've said it before with like uh, sequels or like of old games it's true to form of the original games for the good and bad reasons. <laughs> yes. Because the combat mechanics will still just in- infuriate you to no end because it's like, I can't move quick enough to avoid that punch. And then he just combos me into oblivion and I die. Um, who else? You also get uh, uh, Adam, I think, who's Cherry's dad. He's great. He's from, I think, the first, the third games, maybe. Uh, he was good because he was quick and powerful. But yeah, Cherry's the one I kind of had to cheese it with because she was fast enough to run around. Um, so... It's like 12 levels, so it's not that long, but they're so hard it'll take you a while. There's <laughs> easy mode, normal mode, hard mode, like challenging mode, and then impossible mode. And I was like, God, you got all these different levels of difficulty. I'm like, I guess hard mode is technically the like middle then. So I'm like, let me do that. And it beat my ass. I was good <laughs> I was good up to like seven out of the twelve stages. But after seven, I really started hitting a wall. And it, yeah. I, I really just had to be like, I gotta cheese this. I gotta like, you know, figure out a cheap gimmick that works on this boss and do whatever I can to survive. Cause it's just so annoying. Um, there's levels where you're on like a moving platform, like an elevator and you can fall off the edge or there's holes in the floor. And if you fall through, you just lose like a quarter of your health. And there's both enemies that'll throw you off those ledges. And then there's also moves that you'll do yourself. That'll throw you off that ledge. So most of the time you end up killing yourself just by falling off the ledge over and over and draining your health. Oh yeah. So it's real tough. Um, a good thing is when you die, the game over screen comes up and you come back with, um, multiple lives or like stars, which let you do your super move, which knocks out everybody on screen. So you can come back with like one extra life, two extra lives, three extra lives and a star, four extra lives and like two stars. Um, so it gives you, you know, stuff to reinforce you so you have a better chance of surviving. Um, but it'll divide your score. So at the end of the level, depending on what power-up you took, it'll cut your score by half, by a quarter, by, you know, an eighth, or whatever. As far as I can tell, the score is only for, you know, high score and unlocking, like, retro costumes. So it's not, like, it's not necessary. There's no... Yeah. You're not losing out on anything, really, if you, you know, have a low score, which is good. 
Totally. So it it's great. It's real fun. It's in, exactly in the style and tone and like themes of the old Streets of Rage. Like a lot of the old enemies look exactly the same as as at least Streets of Rage two because that's the only one I played. Um, if anyone's interested, you've really got to abuse the grapple mechanics. If you walk up to an enemy, you can grapple, and that changes everything. Like it, you just manhandle people around the board. Uh, it's really fun. It's a great throwback. And it's also frustrating as hell. So it's shoots the rage in the purest purest fashion. So uh, anyone who's had that sounds interesting too. Like I can't recommend it enough. It's fantastic. Definitely, dude. Oh man, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I I would I want to give it a try. The art looks very enticing. Like I, I love how uh, detailed it is, and I think anyone that is a fan of the franchise probably already is playing it realistically <laughs> it's it's just everything about it is done like so well and like the only complaints i have would be complaints with that genre itself of the side scrolling like, yeah. up and down mechanics and it's just so stiff and rigid um but like that that is what makes that those genres like like side scrolling beat-em-ups challenging so like that is kind of the point of it yeah so um it, it's very similar to cuphead where Playing it by yourself is real fucking rough, and I think it was always intended to be a co-op game with at least two people. Right. Because the, through to the whole game, it has, like, the second player's health bar and stuff at the top and the score. And some of those fights, like I said, I couldn't do without cheesing the, like, dash mechanic and really just abusing that mechanic. But if you had two people, then it's easier because you can divide up the enemies and you're, not, you're pulling aggro on different characters and stuff. So I really think it was meant to be co-op played with two people. and Oh, for sure. For buddies staying up all night, uh, playing yeah. the game. you know, Yeah, definitely. So if you have someone else to play with, you can probably do it a lot easier. And, and also, I played it on the hard difficulty, so there are easier modes to play on. So it's not as uh, aggressive. But some of those characters were just like, you see them coming, and you see the enemy that grapples characters, and you can't get out of their way fast enough, and they grapple you and throw you across the screen. And it's just it just knocks the wind out of you. But yeah, it it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. It plays just like the old games. They put so much attention into both like the retro stuff and the new updates. It's it's great. I, I love it very much. So I'm happy I finally got around to playing it. And yeah, the team that did it just phenomenal job. Hell yeah, awesome. Yeah. I've been playing a lot too, and it's all thanks to the PlayStation Plus. So I know in the year 2020, we got a, a bunch of good months throughout the year and a lot of cool free games. There are a couple flops uh, coming to mind. I remember in May of last year, we got City Skylines and Farming Simulator 19. Oh, yeah. Everyone was, everyone was like kind of bummed about that. Yeah. <laughs> The free games for the month of January of this year for PlayStation Plus members are actually fantastic. For PlayStation 5, we got Maneater, which is a game where you play as a shark and you just go tear people up and you swim around in the ocean. I played the tutorial of it because I, I was intrigued and it is it does seem very fun, but it also is just extraordinarily violent. So I feel like I have to be <laughs> in a very specific mood to be like, let me just go gore some people. Uh, but it, it it's very mechanically fun to play and uh, interesting for sure so that's pretty exciting i def definitely intend on putting some more time in that that might be a fun one to just stream like have like a themed like maybe shark week or something it's like yeah. oh yeah we'll uh, play some man eater that's good to hear because i remember when it first came out it was like pretty buggy yes and at the same time there was another game i i'm trying to look it up and see if i can remember um there was another like shark based uh video game uh let's see what was it 
No, not shark tails. Get out of here. God damn it. <laughs> Will Smith fish ass. Uh, depth. D-E-P-T-H. Oh, never heard of it. Uh, yeah, this is the game I was thinking of. It's, it's an asymmetric uh, shark game. So it's like uh, Dead by Daylight or Friday the 13th, where yeah. like four people are playing as divers going around trying to get like treasure or something or like markers, and then one person's playing as the shark, and you have to like oh, hunt nice. each other. Yeah. So I remember that was pretty popular for a hot minute uh online and on twitch and stuff and then people saw Maneater and they're like "Ooh, Maneater's real buggy so it's like we're gonna stick with depth for a while okay yeah it seems like they finally completed uh the updates and stuff I, so far That's good. Well, like i said all i really played was the tutorial so i didn't experience any bugs and i think on a next gen uh system like the ps5 it should handle pretty smoothly but yeah. that's to be seen like i said i do intend on putting some more time into that uh but the playstation 4 games that were free for this month are incredible we got shadow of the tomb raider definitive edition so we get all the special dlcs and all that uh or i guess whatever that entails yeah. and uh greedfall and i remember talk about greedfall. games coming out at the same time with like two similar names there's a game called god fallout right now and there's a game called greedfall and i always get them confused but greedfall is the one that i was i never really gave the time of day to be like what what is this game and now that i have it for free i looked up a trailer i downloaded it it actually looks really cool um have you heard anything about this do you know no, about absolutely okay. nothing Check it out on Steam for on Steam right now. It's going for fifty bucks. So I'm like, man, we made out like bandits with this like a really good month to start off the free games for PlayStation Plus. But uh, I'll read the description the here fuck? for Greedfall. Engage in a core role playing experience and forge the destiny of a new world seeping with magic and filled with riches, lost secrets, and fantasy creatures. With diplomacy, deception, and force, become part of a living and a living evolving world. Influence its course and shape your story. And it's very much that. It seems like you have different like i don't want to say factions necessarily but you can either be like maybe more of like part of like a native tribe you could be more or less like a colonial kind of dude uh mm -hmm. there's like romance there's the graphics are incredible it does seem to just be like go check out this crazy world and uh have a fun time with it lots of adventure to be had so i the monsters the combat the magic everything about it that i've seen i'm like why aren't more people talking about this? It came out in yeah. September of 2019. So I was like, huh. man, this game's actually really cool. Yeah, looking at pictures of it, like, just on Google, let's say the first, like, uh, 10 pictures or so are just either, like, the cover art or, like, just, like, a colonial sort of settler-looking dude with a tricorder hat walking around. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I don't... That time period doesn't interest me i don't really care about this like this seems like just like a, a open world like colonialism game which isn't great right and, and then get to image like 12 and it's just some sort of blood-borne eldritch horror like yes. monster i'm just like what the fuck now like, you have my interest exactly yeah, no, why don't that's you it's show that more <laughs> well that's the thing in like the trailers and everything i think like you go to this town or like colony or of people and they're all like worshiping some like uh demon or something and you basically have to explain to these people like that what they're doing is wrong <laughs> i'm not sure I, I could be completely butchering this but it does seem like a really exciting world to just go explore and see what it's all about and yeah to get it for free they're they're definitely giving us really good games to start off the, the year so something to put my time into that's on my to play list and the game i did get around to downloading and playing right away was shadow of the tomb raider and Okay, here we go. I, my experience yeah. with Tomb Raider, I, I love that game. 
No, I remember it was all the way back in like 2013. I was playing like the the new Tomb Raider back then, which was just called Tomb Raider. It was like the rebirth uh, yeah. of the franchise. Exactly. Um, but then there was a game called Rise of the Tomb Raider in between this and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And, and now I'm wondering to myself if I even played that game. So I feel like I'm skipping one in the whole uh, story. And that's like setting up everything for like the whole – story if anyone's familiar with these games like there's this cult called trinity and they're trying to like it's it's very national treasure it's very uncharted it's i i don't know it's indiana they seem jones. to blend to, yeah indiana jones um it's just like oh we have to solve this puzzle uh get this ancient artifact and stop them from destroying the world and all yeah. this um but i'm having a blast with it the combat i I put it on easy mode. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I just want to play through the story and see what happens. But there are uh, some really cool characters. Uh, the guy Jonah that you're traveling with is really cool. And uh, the environment's just breathtaking. Yeah, playing this PS4 game on a PS5, it runs super smooth. And yeah, I guess it, it's a, tw- a game from 2018. And I feel like it holds up incredibly well for just like, wow, these graphics are breathtaking it has a cool photographer mode so you can take all sorts of fun pictures and stuff uh i can't recommend shadow of the tomb raider enough but like you were saying earlier like it's a it's more or less a puzzle game than anything like what you were describing with control there are some really in-depth challenges and i know i put it on easy and i don't think that changes any of the challenges yeah, of, like the puzzles the combat. exactly yeah. it changes the combat um, so there's been plenty of times I've been revisiting the Shadow of the Tomb Raider walkthrough on my phone being like, <laughs> how the fuck do I solve this puzzle? This is ridiculous. Um, but no, for the most part, uh, it's relatively straightforward, but there are modes of the game that are like, yeah, maybe not impossible, but there's harder and uh, just very intense ones where it's like it won't even have uh, white markings on the path for you to go and you're just gonna have to just kind of flounder or I'm assuming once you've played the game a couple times you'll you'll get the feel of the world and not need those things yeah I'm not sure how many times (laughs) you intend to play this game it's the same story every time that's a good point um (laughs) But yeah, I do want to get around to playing Rise of the Tomb Raider if I haven't played it. And that's the thing. I think that was a free game of last year also in the month of July. So I think if if I'm not mistaken, I should have that on my PlayStation library. So maybe when I'm done with Shadow, I'll play Rise even though they're completely out of order. Oops. You play three and go back to two. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's not even – well, three out of the new franchise. Uh, technically, Bren, how many in, the, in, in all of Tomb Raider – what – uh, number game do you think Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the most recent one that came out in 2018? Do, do you actually know the number? Yes, I do. Oh, um, out of the entire Tomb Raider Lara Croft franchise? Yes. I'm gonna say 16. High, but close. It's 12. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's, a lot of games. Yeah, because like you think about it, you're like, oh, it, you know, I'm sure it's got plenty of games. You, you break down the actual game franchise over like 30 years. Like, no, it's you know, each game takes like three plus years to make, so it's not too many. Uh, I was thinking of like Game Boy like games would we'll probably like just throw, sprinkle those in, like because always there's always more Game Boy games than you think. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, super enjoying raiding those tombs. Going to be probably playing the majority of that on stream uh so definitely check us out playing that have you did you see the movie that came out recently because i remember tomb raider no. the, like full rebranded one came out and everyone seemed to go nuts for it and i was like in the minority who was like eh i didn't it wasn't anything i didn't i wasn't thrilled by it 
And I remember seeing the movie with some friends because one of my friends was a big Tomb Raider fan. And he's like, I want to see the new movie. It's like, because I love the games. It's like, that's fair. This movie is objectively bad. Though. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can be a, f- a fan of the franchise and the games are fun because you have the agency of the character and you're doing it all. But this movie sucks shit. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Video games tend to do that to movies. <laughs> It's like, it's real bad. The best part of it is the beginning where you see Lara Croft, like, I think she's in England and does, like, a bike messenger, like, courier race. And, like, a bunch of action sequences with that is real fun. And then I think after she leaves England, it just kind of gets boring and, like, insane. Like, unexplicably insane in a bad way where it's like, you can't justify this. Right. Uh, it, it felt really much like they were just taking uh, the cutscenes or the quick time events from the games and trying to translate it directly into the movie. And, like, I don't know. I feel like with the games, you can kind of justify that crazy element. But when it's realistic, oh, yeah. it's like, uh, spoiler for anyone who actually gives a shit about the movie, you shouldn't because it's not great. No. There's a big, like, I, if I remember, there's a big moment where she's, like, uh, upset about, like, uh, I think, like, you know, it's the cognitive disconnect of like she's fighting with a guy and they're struggling, and at the very end she has like the gun and takes it away from him, and she can't get herself to kill him. She can't do it. She can't take away human life. And then at the end of the movie, she like I don't know detonates like the temple, and like forty guys <laughs> that came inside with her are all trapped inside and buried alive and dead. Like yep. it's that disconnect of like I can't take one life even though he's trying to kill me right now and he will kill me if given the chance it's like but then you know 20 minutes later you're you know wiping out a full island nation like full of people it's like it's the same problem i had with uncharted exactly i was just like how is nathan drake the good guy yep lara croft just killed like just decimating like human beings uh yeah yeah, running guns blazing killing all these cultists and shit and, like, I can understand it because, like, the later Lara Croft is like, yeah, she's done that. She's basically a secret agent and just. Yeah, these are the origin field. story, though. This, this, this trilogy. This the, yeah, yeah. The movie, too, is the first one. Like, this is her first Avenger. She's like, I can't do it. Like, I'm just, I've never killed a person before. And then, yeah, 20 minutes later, she's, you know, taken out a school bus full of people and she's like, what happened? Like, I saw yeah. those 20 minutes. It, what happened to you? Well, that's what makes it fun as a video game is because she's yeah. literally climbing like mountains and like scaling mountains and doing all this crazy shit. Like, I swear to God, like uh, American Ninja Warrior, if you were to try <laughs> to be Lara Croft in real life, like you'd have to do that for like a- as training because she's like climbing all this crazy stuff. And like I- there is no stamina bar, which I appreciate in that game because I'm like, oh, yeah, don't slow me down because <laughs> yeah. I just want to run, climb and just have fun with it. But there was a part in Shadow of the Tomb Raider where you like – it's like a flashback, but you actually play as a young, like little girl, Lara Croft, and she's like exploring her dad's like mansion slash castle thing, and it's absolutely insane. Yeah. But it ended like super dark, where like she just like comes across her dad's dead body after he committed <laughs> suicide, and I was like, "What the oh, fuck?" <laughs> I was thinking to myself, well, "I did not see that coming at all." And <laughs> the thing is, though, later in the uh, a cutscene later, though, adult Lara Croft's like, "Yeah, Trinity killed my dad," and I'm 
thinking to myself, either you were too young to realize that was suicide, or maybe they did frame him in that way. Yeah, it was just very strange to me. So, spoilers for Strato the Dream Raider, sorry. But yeah, don't don't be like being like, oh, this is so wholesome as I'm playing as little girl Lara Croft, and then like a gunshot happens and you find a bleeding dad. It was insane. I mean, I don't expect anything wholesome from Lara Croft. We just talked about how they just kill people constantly in those games. That's true. And that's another thing. It's all super disgusting. She just is like covered in mud, blood, and like uh, dirt. I feel like whoever made this game had some kind of gross like dirty fetish or something yeah i remember that was kind of brought up too with the first one that like the revamp of the whole like franchise like it was kind of talked about like oh the cutscene, like the death sequences are brutal it's like they're a little too brutal like you can oh yeah die. oh yeah they, like <laughs> you die in uncharted unsettling and stuff. these are like highly you get detailed. impaled yes <laughs> it's like someone got off while making these deaths like it's weird how detailed yes. they are I agree with that full-heartedly. But no, still, I'm having fun with the game. It feels like a movie. I think that's why I like these games. Even when I, f- I was playing the, two th- the 2013 version, I, w- I think that was my review of, like, it felt like I was playing a movie. But yeah, yeah. more engaged. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with those. So PlayStation Plus, off to a good start. Hopefully we'll uh, keep that trend going with uh, February. And I do want to get around to playing some Greedfall. God, that game has <laughs> me intrigued. Like, I, know, I make the comparison a lot because of, uh, for Witcher 3, because it's kind of a, it's like the Arkham Asylum games where, like, once it worked, people just started copying a lot of the core mechanics and then re, like, redesigning it in their, uh, games. Um, and it's not, I'm not saying Witcher 3 was the first one to do that kind of gameplay, like the open world or Witcher 2, I guess it would be a better comparison. Uh, I don't think the Witcher series was the first ones to do it. I think that was just the most notable one for me. And then I saw everyone else, do, like all the other games I saw afterwards uh, doing similar things. Um, but that like open world sort of like exploration kind of game um, where you can just interact, like where it's intensive, but you can go into any town and interact with a bunch of characters. And then like while you're walking around, there's just monsters. Cause yeah, Greedfall, no, nothing about it, but it looks like kind of a colonial era Witcher, like where there's just these crazy ass monsters. There's one that's um like a giant like deer, like kind of a moose creature, but made of trees, and like there's like Leshens in Witcher Three that do that, who look exactly like that and stuff. So it's just crazy to see like it 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 feels like it'd be right up my alley with that type of both gameplay and setting right. up just these crazy ass monsters i've heard nothing about this game yeah it's nuts yeah i i definitely want to play it. uh we'll be talking about that on a future episode for sure yeah um well that's probably going to do it for our gaming discussion is there anything going on in the news in fact one thing i need to bring up was i i put this in show topics weeks ago and then I just saw that the article updated two hours ago. I'm like, what's this? Mean? So yeah, and it's not good. So I, the reason I put it in show topics was, uh, everyone's after a PS5. We know how lucky I was, uh, on launch day and how everyone ev- since then has been failing to, uh, get their hands on one, unless you're a bot and you like are hacking the system. But this one company that's not affiliated with Sony, uh, let me see what the name, uh, their name is real quick. They're called, Oh, Jesus. It's SUP3R5. <laughs> so I guess that's oh. supposed to be Supers. I can't really tell. Anyway, they, uh, they were going to issue a PlayStation 5, uh, variant that's like all black and it's almost like, I guess, stylized to look more similar or akin to a PlayStation 2. And it does. It's fucking gorgeous. I love the look of it. It's just a PlayStation 5, but in all black. And a lot <laughs> of people want this. Um, 
And apparently, and yeah, they had an article. It's like the stunning PlayStation 5 that's black is uh, the console of our dreams and it's coming this week. And I check on the update that just came out and apparently the retailer Scam. says it's canceling all orders and blames it on threats. And I'm like, <laughs> who's threatening them? I don't think it's Sony, but uh, long story short, they're saying last night our team began receiving credible threats to their safety. We take sets threats very seriously and as a result we're not proceeding forward all orders are being canceled with full refunds and they basically said if it's uh if it'll be safe again uh if it's safe to try again we will but i think at this point no one's gonna give them their money anymore what the yeah i mean like at least they're getting also threatening them like why that makes i i honestly think that they had this idea don't have the means to do it and now that they're getting all these yeah, orders they're attention. like oh shit look, we gotta back out <laughs> it, it's either that because like yeah it is just a black ps5 like could you oh, just yeah. get a ps5 disassemble like the case of it and then just spray paint that black and 100 percent. i think like, i even maybe shouted out previous guest of our show uh sean from horribly awkward he did that with his playstation 5 and it looked really cool yeah i mean like it's not the hardest thing to do to just repaint something especially console so it's like it i i wouldn't buy this i would just no. get up like it's harder to get the ps5 than it is to like get a custom weird one um and we talked about it before with like uh skins on like the switch and stuff overheating because it's covering up you know ventilation ports that people didn't realize were ventilation ports um so you want to be careful when you're customizing shit but like yeah who the hell is just threatening someone who's just, like a company that's just spray painting on like It's super vague, too. They're saying, we intended this to be a fun way to celebrate a shared nostalgia. As it turns out, there are people out there who are willing to interfere with that. If we determine that it's safe to try again, we will. For now, please stay safe. And it's just like, either these, I don't know. I don't want to, yeah, discredit their threats. That's not right. Yeah, I think it's either, like you said, where they're just like, they they got caught off guard by how much attention they're getting and are just backing out entirely. Um, Or... uh, Someone out there is just an asshole and doesn't want black PS5s. If the last, like, few years have shown us anything, it's how psychotic people can be online and just ramp up to insane, like, violent tendencies for absolutely no justifiable reason in existence. Yeah, ain't that the truth, yeah. Um, But I think, like, also maybe Sony, like, maybe, because it is, like, so quick after the PS5 came out, like, I would be surprised if Sony is like, hey, shut this shit down. And the company's just like, we gotta make up an excuse to, like you know cancel this all and not say hey we're in legal hot water right so yeah that was an interesting one i had to throw that one out there that's so weird very strange uh a game that has my eye though and it's i don't know i didn't have any this was not on my radar whatsoever but it's a jrpg have you heard of this game it's called scarlet nexus (laughs) i like how you say it wasn't on my radar at all we talked about it at the e3 show when this game was did we okay fuck yeah it is that's exactly the vibe i'm getting but uh it looks like you're fighting flower alien it, creatures yeah. i don't like know weird like matrix like techno flower stuff yeah i'm super into this you know this is this has doug written all over it yeah it's just anime trash <laughs> yeah i'm i mean oh, dude it's great and there's like <laughs> these cool big enemies and you have swords and shit it's uh futuristic as hell and anime that's Bandai Namco. That's their bread and butter. That's how they keep the lights on. But yes, and this one's got my attention for sure. I'll probably be playing this day one. I mean, I I got the fucking Dynasty Warriors, you know, IV dripping into my veins, so like I can't judge for like, oh, it's just the same game and reskinned. Like, yeah, di- I bought 
so many Dynasty Warriors games. That is literally the exact same game, just reskin for a new console every time. So I can't judge. <laughs> There's so many games we talk about. Of course we talked about this. I just couldn't remember the name. My bad. Because <laughs> it was so forgettable. No. No, well, it's, eh. It, well, that's it also wasn't determined. out yet. Yeah. It was also like coming out in, you know, 2021 sometime, like, you know, while while a bunch of other big name title uh, title games were coming out, like, at E3, like, when the trailer dropped, they're, like, available now. So I think we've just backshelved this because we were, like, as ah, coming out so far in the future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I got a game that's getting an update that's also been something I've been playing again recently. Oh, what's this? So, uh, getting a little expansion pack coming out for a little uh, little indie game that some people might know called uh, Binding of Isaac. Oh, uh, no, Brent! <laughs> So, no. It, it, <laughs> so it turns out, still plenty of people playing Binding of Isaac. I've listened to a few video game podcasts and heard other people lament about their fuck, their crippling addiction to it, like I have. So good to know I'm not alone. Oh uh, yeah, we should part, start a video game podcast support group for <laughs> Binding of Isaac addicts. Um, but it turns out with Isaac, with a bunch of like new updates with the rebirth, the like sequel game, and it had its own DLC. Uh, there's a lot of fans doing a lot of new runs, doing you know custom mods for it, like doing their own, making their own items, making their own playable characters, and like modding the game to play with them. Oh, nice! Uh, so much so that the next expansion pack is based off the most popular mod called Anti Birth. So, the I guess the developers saw that and were just like, "Hey, these people are still playing our game. They're still this dedicated to the game. They're making their own stuff. They love this game so much." Like screw it let's you know let's make it official let's take some of their ideas and incorporate it and you know work with them and you know giving them credit being like we got the ideas from this mod like it is a fan-made mod we're crediting them like you know they're they're just poaching the ideas yeah but they're saying like yeah it's got uh new additions new items new characters new levels uh recent tallies mentioned at least 130 new items bringing the total to uh over 700 items in the game and the expansion will add a true co-op feature. So the idea of just playing Binding of Isaac co-op just add a yeah. lot of nuts and then so much more content. Dude, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And to prepare for it, because it's supposed to be coming out in, you know, first quarter of 2021. So sometime, you know, between now and, well, like, what's that, April around that? Yeah. Uh, it should be coming out. So it's just like, Hell well, yeah. I got to... Well, yeah. <laughs> Dust off the rust, gotta get gotta get back in that basement and you know, get ready. So I reinstalled Binding of oh, Isaac no. Rebirth and I was playing a bit of it last night and uh, Chiz actually mes- uh, messaged me on Steam. He's like, Yo man, you okay? Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> knew, I was like, knew I messed back, I'm like, I don't need your judgment, regardless yeah. of how accurate and necessary it might be at this time. <laughs> Cause I was like I'm like, that's a fair uh statement to make when you see me playing Binding of Isaac again after fucking sinking in. I realize I have like a hundred or four hundred and seventy hours just in Rebirth, the oh, uh, original damn. original Binding of Isaac in that DLC. It's like one hundred fifty hours. Rebirth alone, I have like almost five hundred. And so I'm just like, that's a fair question to me when I'm replaying that. But I mean, yeah, I'm gonna get back in there. I'm gonna get that expansion, and I'm gonna just do it fucking all over again. Um, Hell yeah! So even just dusting off the rust and like getting back into it, I replayed a. Uh, uh, a character called the Keeper, who for anyone who's played it is like the shopkeeper. You can play as him. 
um, who's got certain upgrades when you start. The downside of him is he's only got two hearts or two health rather. Ooh. So Binding of Isaac is supposed to be like an old homage or an homage to the old Zelda game. So you have like hearts, you have like bombs and keys. And yeah. when, you, when you get hit, you lose half a heart. Uh, stronger enemies will take out a full heart. You can get like, you know, soul hearts and regen and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so the keeper, he regains health by getting coins because he's the shopkeeper. So hearts don't, there aren't hearts in his runs. So you have to find uh, coins to regain health. Hmm. And instead of a whole heart, he's got two coins. And when you get hit once, you know, full coin is gone. When you get hit once again, you're just dead. Damn. Okay. The bitch of it is you can't get more health. What? That's the max? Yeah. Two coins? Isaac, <laughs> Isaac starts with three hearts and you can get items that will upgrade your health. And you can have a yeah. total of, I think, was it three? I think you can have a total of like 12 hearts total. Um, and then there's different hearts do different stuff and all this other stuff. And you lose half a heart or a full heart. Keeper's got two hits. If you get hit twice, you're dead for the whole game. It's rough. Yeah. But I was able to do it because I realized I didn't beat. It's. I refuse to believe anyone's 100% of that game and gotten literally everything in it because there's so fucking much. There's like nine different game modes, and then each of those game modes has a hard version of that game mode. So there's like 18 actually. And then there's some stuff where you have to like do so specifically. You have to get certain items on certain runs to unlock more items. Uh, I redid the hard run with the keeper, and I actually beat it uh, playing it, and I unlocked like five new items. And, you know, I got 500 hours of that game and I'm still getting new shit. Damn. So, one of the most insane ones, I think, is to unlock a character. You have to play as every other character. And then as those characters, you have to go to a certain room on a run and die in that room. Oh, wow. That's and, very specific. <laughs> and But some of those rooms that you have to die in aren't guaranteed. It's like random that if you even get Oh, them. yeah. We, I think we talked about that. And that's insane. <laughs> it's so insane. Like, I have... I'm sure someone did it because, you know, the world's 8 billion people, oh, yeah. people with free time, you know, you never know. But, like, I can't it's, – it's like when we talk about a certain fa- number of money. Like, you can imagine $1,000 in front of you. You can't imagine a billion dollars in front of you. Like, you can't perceive that value. I well, can't perceive someone 100% buying advising rebirth. Like, it's Well, that's it how I felt brain. about Fall Guys. There's a fucking trophy in the Fall Guys trophies that's like, oh, win five crowns in a row. And I'm like, there's just no way. And I'm not even kidding. One of my favorite Fall Guys streamers, Samaris, I was in his stream earlier this week and I watched it happen on air. It was Jeez. absolutely incredible. He, I remember somebody in chat asked and they were like, is this, was that the fourth win in a row? And then like, I think I even reiterated, I'm like, dude, Sim, I think that was the fourth win in a row. He's like, I'm not, I'm trying not to think don't about think it. About I'm it. Like, don't, exactly. Don't I'm like, okay, well, fuck. I'm not yeah. going to bring it up anymore. <laughs> and then yeah, lo and behold, he got it and the, Wow. The trophy popped and we were all freaking out. I thought it was really cool. So yeah, it's there there are people out there capable of doing this shit, but uh it's, it's those that sink the time into it and the the effort. Well, with both games, it's so luck based. It's so ran- RNG random number generator. It's just so yes. reliant on that. Um binding binding of Isaac so much because there's like so many hidden factors and this and this unlocks this. So like you can definitely lean it into your favor with certain items, but it's at the end of the day, some of them are just like you didn't get a devil room this time because you just didn't get it. like the roll of the dice didn't just didn't work in your favor. Fall Guys is like uh, RNG with like what levels you get, or like what stages you get. Yeah, and um, I think the real biggest hurdle of like getting the crown is if you have any time you have a team game. Yes, and you have exactly. to rely on someone else to win because then it's just like 
I lost. Like, if you get one team game, you're done. You're not getting that crown. Like, you're, yep. you're going to get hit. So, yeah, I'm. that's impressive, getting five crowns in a row, so... And he said that there was at least two or three times before where he had four in a row, and then it would be the fifth one and something yeah. bad would happen, and it's yep. like, no. <laughs> I mean, we've so, all... So, yeah, I can't imagine that. We've all gone to the boss fight, and it's, you know, just one more hit, just one hit, just a little oh, tick yeah. of damage, and then you die, and you gotta redo oh. it all. Whether it be Code Vein or the Souls games, I've experienced that way too much. Oh, too uh, often. More than I care to admit. Oh, speaking of Twitch, um, uh, recent little troubling news well i mean not tr- it's twitch everything's troubling with twitch twitch is a fucking dumpster fire at the moment with the dmca stuff still around. oh yeah definitely um, but they also decided to change up uh some stuff because of uh let's just say recent topical news in the united states i'm sure yeah. you're aware of it i'm um, sure everyone listening knows what everyone's aware of it we are not smart enough or eloquent enough to actually discuss it properly yeah um, we usually skirt around it <laughs> But so Twitch has global emotes where everyone can use like certain emotes by default. And then, you know, subscribing to a channel, you unlock specific emotes to that channel. Um, one of the global emotes that got used very frequently was PogChamp. And that yeah, was just, I'm pretty sure I read a statistic that that is the fifth most popular emote on all of Twitch. So that just goes to show how frequently it was used. I'm kind of surprised it was fifth. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was higher. Yeah, like, it is. You, I use it, I see it used so much and. I've heard people actually, like, using the lexicon of, like, I'm pogging right now. And, like, you know, like everything, it starts off as a dumb, ironic joke of, like, ha, look at me, I'm a pro Twitch gamer, I pog, ha, ha. And now people say it so much, ironically, now it's, they genuinely say that. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it was higher. Um, but, yeah, so PogChamp is just a guy kind of, like, freaking out, just like, oh, shit moments of, like, oh, my God, they did it. Like, it's a big moment. Yeah, play of game. Play, yeah, yeah, exactly. Play of game. Um, so it was just a guy's face, and I think it was just an early streamer on the platform because a lot of those are either people who work at Twitch or people who were you know, using Twitch early on and just got very popular with it. Um, so they became global emotes. Um, turns out that guy's a piece of shit. So yeah. Twitch said, hey, you know what? You don't get this anymore. You're done. So uh, especially after recent news and stuff that came out. Uh, they're like, yeah, we're going to take that away. So PogChamp is gone off Twitch. A benefit of that is, I mean, it's gone. But because it was such a popular emote, a lot of streamers would very frequently make their own version of it with either their face or their mascot or just a character doing the PogChamp face. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very common for channels to have their own version of it. That way, you know, it's more personalized when, you know, they can do it in their channel and it's, you know, their own brand of it. Um, and so Twitch decided, like, hey, we don't really have an idea. We didn't plan on this happening. So we don't really have a plan for what's going to happen to replace the POC champion mode. It's like, I think someone suggested on Twitter, like, what if you just cycle through every day you did a new POC champ of a random streamer on your platform? Because there's so many. And Twitch said, yeah, fuck it. We got nothing better. We'll do that. So every day now, you know, until they figure out a solution, it's just going to be a new person's emote in like the global PogChamp. Uh, space, oh, that's cool. Which yeah. I thought was really neat and, you know, relevant I'm to, to s- see the different ones they put out. Yeah. Yeah. Relevant to us talking about video games and new streaming and stuff. Uh, so I think it was a neat idea. Uh, <laughs> considering all the shit Twitch has pulled this last year, I think that was a good one. And I'll. <laughs> I'm, I'm also acknowledging that it wasn't their idea originally. So. Yeah, I but feel hey, like, yeah, some... <laughs> they they implemented 
They said, hey, yeah. you know what? You know, fuck it. We got no better idea. Let's just go with this They're one. They're trying, yeah, just like us. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe this would be a good way of like people finding out, like, hey, this emote's really cool. Let me go to that person's channel. And, you know. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Since I uh, tune into so much Twitch lately, I feel like every day I'm going to have to drop a PogChamp in chat just to see what it is see that what it day. Is. There used yeah. to be uh, the Golden Kappa used to be a thing where Kappa was an emote and people would do, you know, I think it was like one in every 10,000 people on Twitch would have a Golden Kappa uh, like yes. that day. And there that was, was a throwback. a day last year where everyone had Golden Kappa and we were all just spamming it everywhere because yeah. it's like, I've never even seen it before. It was such yeah. a glorious thing. Yeah, Twitch culture is pretty cool. So yeah, that's definitely uh, fodder for this show. Um Last thing I want to mention, and it's actually more of plugs, so I guess we can kind of wrap this episode up and go into plugs, but uh, recently I was on Kame House Party's Twitch channel. Uh, we've had them on in the past. They're a podcast about Dragon Ball Z. Uh, they do improv and stuff. I can't recommend their show enough if you're a DBZ fan, but uh, they had me on their Twitch to do a one-shot of Monster of the Week. It's kind of like a tabletop D- uh, D&D RPG-style game, and uh, we were playing as like the West Metro Community College anime club and uh i was one of the uh guests along with uh greg from technical difficulties podcast so that was a lot of fun the four of us aaron vince greg and i uh went on a very fun journey you can check it out on their vods at twitch.tv slash comment house party it's about two hours and 45 minutes so yeah it's it's a solid a long thing if you're interested in that but uh it was a lot of fun uh all I'll say is one of the first enemies we encountered was a giant keg, living keg that was all about partying. So that was very <laughs> goofy. So if that uh, piques your interest whatsoever, head over to their Twitch, give them a follow and uh, check out that VOD. Hope to do more fun stuff with them in the future. Uh, but Bren, uh, let's tell our listener about your other podcast and where we can find you on the internet. My other podcast is called Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. We talk, you know, speaking of uh, was it Scarlet Nexus and anime bullshit. Yes. We talk about anime and watch three episodes of an anime or a movie and, you know, recap it and talk about it and kind of give our opinions on it. It's a great way to get a sampler pack of uh, an anime without committing to watching it all and being like, oh, does this sound interesting? Or, you know, I'm glad I didn't watch that. I'm glad I didn't waste my time with that. So, uh, yeah, we had some technical difficulties. So I think our episode going out this week is going to be our New Year's episode. So we're a little behind because moving and stuff and internet issues. We watched Ride Your Wave, which is a movie where a surfer, uh, fireman dies while surfing, trying to save someone surfing, and then get, comes back as a ghost in a, a beluga whale, like, inflatable toy. It's weird. It's a crazy movie, but it was a good time. Sorry, I just remembered which episode it really was. That is a strange sentence it's, you just said. <laughs> if you look up a picture of Ride Your Wave, you're just like, oh, it's like a romance thing. And then you see, like, the like poster, and you're like, huh. That man's yeah. in a whale. <laughs> like it's it's weird. Fair enough. And uh man, I was just thinking back to that session with the Kame House guys. I threw well, it's not like D D where you're throwing D twenties, you throw two D sixes, and I threw Snake Eyes more times than I <laughs> uh, can count. It was so unbelievably bad. So it was very reminiscent of the almost better than Dragon's Day. So uh, anybody geez. that was a fan of that podcast, be sure to check out that VOD. But listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence, uh, especially twitch.tv slash ABT Silence, where I'm streaming a variety of games, playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider, some 
Fall Guys, some poker, uh, Madden. No, I'm, I'm not going to stream Madden. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless Fuck you guys Madden. want me to. Yeah. But uh, that's basically it. I also have a record label. If you want to check out what cassettes and vinyl are available there, it's missedoutrecords.com. But that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. See ya.